All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I hope you and your families are doing as well as possible through these challenging times. Now, traditionally, we have guests on the show, but today I'm going to roll solo. I'm going to dive into the things that we're doing at NC Fit um, in regards to the coronavirus and all the challenges that have came with it. This has struck our industry, the fitness industry, the any type of boutique fitness experience that could be jujitsu, that could be spinning, yoga, you name it. Any service industry has been struck very, very hard by this because if you can't service people in person and your business was traditionally predicated on that, it adds a lot of layers of complexity. And that's what we want to talk about today. Now, if you're in another industry, I'm sure this is also very challenging for you. I'm going to discuss the things that we've done. Some of it has been good. Some of it, maybe we could have done better. And I think at the end of this, in a couple of months or whenever we could triage it, we're going to look back and say, man, we learned X, Y, and Z, do a post-mortem kind of evaluation. But for now, we're daily, hourly evaluating what could we be doing to improve communication with our staff, our members, and ultimately put us in the best position for long-term success. When, um, you know, I, I think it's really important to note that if you're in the fitness space, if you are a gym owner, you're not afraid of hard work. You're in the gym day in and day out grinding it. And I know that if you're in the jujitsu space, the same thing or any boutique space, I mean, it's a hustle. And so it's not that you're afraid of hard work. We just need to make sure this hard work is addressed and, and positioned in the right way. And as the CEO, as the founder, as the head coach, there's a lot of pressure especially right now, there's always a lot of pressure to make sure you're making the best decisions for your team. There always is. And that type of pressure is challenging to fully understand until you're, you know, people rely on you for the direction that you create. But right now, more than ever, the pressure is at an all-time high. And I say that because I feel it too, where you feel that you need to make the right decisions to put your team in the best position to be successful. And that's totally natural and normal. And so today, what I want to dive into is what we're doing. Take the things you like, incorporate them. Take the things you don't like, remove them. But at least we're sharing. And this episode, this podcast has always, since day one, been about taking things that are happening in our business and sharing them with you. Not hypotheticals, not fabricated we're not talking about this from some garage gym. We're talking about it from owning and operating brick and mortar locations and what we're going through. So let's dive right in. A couple of months ago, I was in um, Asia. I was traveling with my wife and I heard some rumblings about the coronavirus, but nothing too, too extreme, just some rumblings. I get back to the United States and those rumblings weren't even present. I ended up going to Wadapalooza, spending time at different fitness events, and it just wasn't really a thing. And then all of a sudden, I feel like the tide changed. I feel like things rapidly evolved. And it went from a non-discussion component, right, where we would go out to dinners, et cetera, to all of a sudden, all of a sudden something that we were discussing, aware of. And so to try and get ahead of it, we sat down with our staff. We said, hey, this, this coronavirus is real. It's coming. What do we need to do immediately for our members? And it's not even just necessarily for our members in terms of uh, revenue. It was also in terms of their safety and making sure that we were doing everything in our power to ensure that no one got sick. Because 
money and trajectory and revenue is important to me, but knowing that our members and our staff is safe is always going to take precedent. And so we sat down as a team, um, this is like our HQ team, and we created a strategy. We said, hey, what can we do today? Well, based on the information we were getting from state, local, and federal officials, which is the information we went off of, I tried my best. And this, I think, is really important. The business is not Jason Klepa. The business is a separate entity, NC Fit. Now, is my um, personality, is my uh, what I think is important imparted on the business? Of course. But I think it's important, that especially through these challenging times, we recognize that your company is a separate entity. Because as soon as I take my personal opinions and place them on the business, it could lead me into some challenging times in the future. So for us, we said, hey, what what a criteria are we going to use to stay open, to do this, to that? Well, let's use state and federal guidelines because if we continue with that, then when they give us a green light to reopen, it's natural, it's easy. If we, uh, if we utilize these resources that are, quote, professionals in the space, that's a great um, cornerstone, a, a great platform that we could utilize to share with our members on the why behind the decisions. So the government said, hey, take extra precautions in terms of cleaning. Absolutely. We ordered in as many wipes as we could. We got in uh, additional disinfectants. We had professional cleaning come in. That was our first order of business. We sent out an email to our members, said this is what we're doing. At that time though, I would highly recommend for you if you have the bandwidth to create some type of landing page. Even if it's just a, a blog page, ours is nc.fit slash updates. And I think the reason why that's important is that now we're not sending emails on a daily basis to our members. We could send one email, let's just say a week, hypothetically, and then direct them and say, hey, on a regular reoccurring hour by hour basis, we'll be updating this website. Said so this way we're not bombarding them with spam emails. So we put out an email said, hey, please look at this website for updates on how we're combating the coronavirus. And at the time, we were just cleaning, staying extra precautious, not fist bumping, not high-fiving, et cetera. Then things seem to escalate. And maybe this is where you're at, where, you know, in your region, wherever you're listening to this from. And we, we started recognizing that social distancing was really important. And so we, we saw that coming. And so our team and I, we created a class reservation system that we didn't have before. That was, this is new for us. We had been talking about it for a couple of years, but we hadn't enacted it. And we thought this was a really good time to bring it to the table because we needed to cre- create space between our members. And we couldn't do that with 30, 40 person classes. So instead, we kept our classes at 12 people. And with that, I think what's really important is that if you are going to go down that path, depending on where you're at in this coronavirus cycle, make sure that you have all the systems and procedures in place to enact this class reservation system. Meaning, what software are you going to use? What's your cancellation process? How quickly, you know, when can they cancel? What is the grace period? There's a variety of like, uh, administrative tools you need to incorporate, the sooner you can start having that conversation with your team now, hopefully, if you do need to enact it, you already have it in place. So please keep that in mind. Specifically, if someone doesn't show up for the class, how long are you going to provide that grace period? Just something to think about. So step one, we clean the gym. Step two, we enacted this class reservation system because that was based off state, government, county guidelines. Step three for us was that we saw closing coming down the pipeline. So we sat down as a team. We said, hey, what are our closing procedures? And also, God forbid, if someone did um, contract the coronavirus at our location, what would have been our policy had we not shut down? So we created these plans and got ahead of it. And I think what's really important is 
being proactive and communicating, communicating, communicating. You know, I think that being proactive is the best approach. Being reactive would obviously be the next thing, but not communicating at all, I think leads people to create their own impressions of what you're doing. So you got to make sure you're communicating and the more you can get ahead of that, the better. So for us, we sat down as a team, we said, hey, we think that closing is coming down the line. What can we do? Well, step number one is we need to retain our members. And how do we retain them? By adding value. Number one, that, that's key. The reason why we have them is because of personal connections, because they're receiving some type of value that's worth their money. Well, what are we going to do? So when we started creating this closure process, because it was also state and, and county mandated, we saw it coming. When we put out email correspondence to our members, it was really important that in there, we put in the value they would be receiving for their membership, which I'd like to call pivot or business continuity plan number one. Now I will get into what the business continuity plan number one was and what our initial pivot is. But before I get there, let's assume your business is now being closed. Let's let's just assume for the sake of argument that's what's happening. Or potentially you're you're still open, but your revenue is decreasing because you're getting a lot of holds and cancellations. I think it's really important that we before we move on to the pivot, number one, and business continuity plan, which I'm going to definitely get into, I promise. I want to talk about triage. When we closed our gym, it was really important that we sat down as a team and we triaged what was going on. Think about that like, you know, you need to stop the bleeding and you want to stop it before it even starts. What could I do? And it really starts with financials is a, is a giant piece and also your liabilities. So for us, we need to keep a pulse on our financials at each step. Now, luckily, we have a team that can support us. If you don't, utilize resources around you or really take time to sit through and manage your cash flow, especially in times of uncertainty. Uh, how long will you be able to sustain for is a question you have to ask yourself once you're triaging. Because this triage component of looking at your financials will help guide you on your following steps. Some things I was thinking about. Are you, are you potentially doing your community a disservice in the wrong, long run by making immediate commitments or taking certain actions today? Those could be things like, hey, I'm going to put everybody on hold, for example, or potentially I'm going to pay all of our staff indefinitely through this challenging time. You make those commitments. Once you make those commitments, they're hard to go back on. And so things that we're thinking about is forecasting the landscape of our business while it's closed and being real with those predictions and backing it off 60, 90 days, et cetera. What we want to do is we want to put ourselves in the best position that when we do get the green light to open back up again, it might take several weeks, several months, we could be in a drastically better position if we make well-informed decisions and it could make or break our business. And so before you start making commitments, you need to really project out your financials. I can't speak to you on where you're at in your business, but just triage these things. So you want to triage non-essential expenses and you also want to look at your liabilities. So for example, if you have a cleaning supply contract that requires you to clean X amount of days, well, then that's a liability. You want to make sure we, you forecast that. But if you don't, you might want to cancel that. Of course, why would you need your gym being professionally clean if it's not open? You want to look at all non-essential expenses, such as uh, electricity, you know, turn off your thermostat. It's, it's a no-brainer, low-hanging fruit. Turn off your internet if you're not on some type of weird contract. That's easy, right? No problem. It's not an open location, so why would you be spending those things? And those are little 20 bucks here, 50 bucks here that could really add up. Other things that we were thinking of 
is we immediately turned off our prepayment on credit cards. So on a monthly basis, let's just say your credit card bill for the cigar is $5,000. If you have auto draft out of your checking account, we turn that off and we will be paying the minimum we can. So instead of it being 5,000, 10,000, whatever, we're gonna pay 500. And the reason for that is that for us, cash is king. And the more we can have cash in the bank, the better decisions we can make that are well-informed instead of making rash decisions. So yes, there might be some interest payments on that, but I think that there's a lot of information happening right now where the Senate and the House are gonna pass rules. We might not even have that interest. So number one, we turn off that uh, uh, prepayment of credit cards. We also turned off any expense we can that was non-essential to operating the business. Now, when we talk about that, we're also talking about essential staff. This isn't just full-time. We have an obligation to the business to remain sustainable. And then obviously there's full and part-time staff. But the way we broke it down in, 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 in our forecasting was who's essential to operating the business and how are we going to get through this in 15, 30, 60, 90 days, et cetera. And we broke it down in that fashion. Once we broke down the essential staff, we then clearly tried to communicate with our team on what we could provide them. We will pay you all through this date. And then we utilized PTO for all of our full-timers. That's something that our organization provides to our full-time staff as a perk. And we recommended that they took PTO, which will last them quite a while. Not all companies provide paid time off. So just make sure you know what you can and cannot do. But the situation you don't want to get in is what some gym owners get in, which is I'm going to take care of my team. I'm going to pay everybody for the next month. And then I had one owner tell me, if it goes longer than a month, we're probably going to have to shut our doors and we can't reopen again. Well, then are you really doing your team a best service if you're paying everybody through that 30 days if you are not going to have the cash to be able to reopen? You have to think about this as a longer term thing. Right now, we are said that we can't reopen until April 7th. My children's school just got pushed out until May 1st. The chances of us opening up on April 7th are slim to almost none in California. So we need to forecast that out, I'm thinking, till at least June 1st. So make sure that when you're making these financial commitments to people, you're thinking longer term. What's really important in the triage state is also to understand your leases, your insurance, tax assistance, and assistance in general from government officials. So Santa Clara County out here in California just released a statement that all commercial buildings have the ability not to pay rent for April and May. Now that money will get prepaid back, but you don't have to pay it now. You have to pay it within 120 days of when you reopen more or less. So by October, we need to pay these rents. You still have to pay the money, of course, but you don't need to pay it now. And that's critical for cash flow. So if you're looking at your local and state guidelines, make sure you check out what they're doing for commercial buildings. My recommendation is 100%. You need to be sending an email to every one of your landlords or your landlord. You need to clearly explain them utilizing language like force majeure, um, you know, uh, significant challenges in our business, et cetera, and asking for their support. Out of all of our landlords that we sent these emails to when we were through this triage process, all of them except for one offered some type of consideration. Some of them just gave us the month for free. Some of us 50% off, some of us triple nets. Now that was overcome by events because Santa Clara County provided that we didn't have to pay it, but we had to pay it later. But I'm still going to take up these landlords on the fact that they say we don't have to pay it at all, which is great for us. You could also ask in these emails if you could look for a rent um, holiday, which essentially, um, let's just say you're on a 12, 
month lease, you can say, hey, can I take this month off my lease, get it for free, and then add that to my term. So now instead of it being a one-year term, it's a 13-month term. These are all parts of triage. It's clearly communicating with your landlord. What can you do for me? Looking at state and local guidelines on what is available from, from from that perspective as well. Then looking at your lease. What is written in your lease that might have language that could be favorable to you right now, especially if a governmental agency, um, if the federal government or state you know, governor has mandated that you cannot remain open? There might be some language in there. For us in our leases, a few of them were favorable to us. A few of them weren't. Um, you need to check that out for yourself. So that's part one. It's, hey, you go through this clear, concise communication with your members about what's going on. You create a landing page if you can. From there, you really project out your financials. And if you don't have the capacity to do that, identify somebody that can because that is going to be critical to you reopening if that's something you're interested in doing. From there, you triage. Get off all non-essential expenses. Dive deep into your um, the big expenses, right? Are salaries and also rent. Those are two really important ones you need to dive into and understand what are your options there. I think you'd be surprised you have more options than you might assume. Please, please, please um, look at what is happening Overall, the Senate just passed the bill for a, you know, a, a huge multi, you know, gazillion dollar deal that could impact small business, which I, which I think it will. And it'll also impact staff. There's a bunch of stuff in there. We need to be educated on that. And so make sure you're checking up because every day it seems like there's something new going on. Moving on. Let's talk about pivot number one. I think this is really, really important. This is also be known as business continuity plan. So you know, look, as a business, we need to ebb and flow. And I think it's really important that you you think about your business as as a river and you want to keep going you the, the right direction, but you need to make pivots. And there's no better time or no, we really don't have another option, but to pivot right now. And a, when I think about business continuity plans, it means, it means what is the plan to keep our business going, period? period. Like, what are we going to do to remain sustainable, to reopen our doors, to provide this beacon of fitness to all these people and provide for our team. So when we sent out the email that we are closing the gyms, step number one, make sure email is really clear, really concise on what members are going to be receiving. And members of NC Fit, we are going to provide an equipment rental program. Okay. If you have a bigger location, we had quite a few requests. We utilized DocuSign because it's a little bit more professional. The way we did it is we created a value based on the equipment. And then we actually had a formal agreement with each person that was signed that if that equipment didn't come back, they would owe us the you know retail value of that equipment. Now, if you're a smaller location with 100 members, et cetera, you might be able to get away with a different type of agreement. It's a little bit more basic. If you're a part of the NC Fit Collective, please make sure you check out all those documents that we have available for you that give samples of the landlord email and also samples of the um, uh, equipment rental example. Now, moving on from there, you say, hey, look, NC Fit is going to be closed per state and government mandate. We have this going on. Please you know, utilize this Google Doc, whatever you use for equipment rental. We also have digital content available. That digital content will be housed on our, for us, we utilize, a, uh, we've had an app for a long time. So we have our app. But if you don't have an app, which most gyms don't have, you can utilize Facebook. You need to put out daily, very well curated, content that is, you know, that is your business right now is engaging with them. So that isn't just live workouts and zoom workouts and stuff like that. Those are, those are important too, 
but I think those are going to be short-lived long-term. I think that the video quality, I think that the getting people on there um, and actually being able to do it, I think it's really cool right now, but I think it'll actually get a little bit more challenging over time. So make sure that you're doing whatever you can to create really good content that's not live, but just pre-recorded, and then you could put it on Facebook group. You can utilize other platforms, whatever service you want to utilize. If you cannot create that or you don't have it, let us know, collective at nc.fit, email us, and we can show you what we're doing. Um, We've also been putting out a lot of workouts online. So pivot number one, business continuity plan. Let members know what they're receiving. Hey, we're shutting down our doors, but look at the different things we're going to be offering you. We are scheduled to reopen on April 8th, which was our original email. Now, obviously, that I think that's going to change, which is going to get into our pivot two in a second. But before we get there, pivot one, what's really, really important is that you field every single hold. I cannot say that enough. When you put out communication that you will be closing, you need to also be answering every single email who says, hey, I'd like to put my membership on hold. For us, we have a larger organization, so I trip. I typically don't do this. I have been fielding every single hold because I think it's important to come from you saying, hi, John, we appreciate that you want to put your membership on hold. We could absolutely do that, but we would really appreciate if you considered remaining with us through the closure date, given that you get all these perks, go over the equipment rental, the digital content, the Facebook lives, nutrition and mindset seminars, all these different things that you're providing, whatever that is, right? The value you're adding. Our team and I at NC Fit would greatly appreciate your support as a small business. It's critical, whatever you utilize, whatever language you need to. But I think what's really important is that you're fielding the request. You're letting them know the value they're going to receive if they aren't on hold. And you're explaining to them that, hey, it's really important for your business and for sustainability that you maintain this revenue. So field every hold, create your business continuity plan, um, triage in terms of what staff can you keep on? What staff can you not keep on? What is your strategy there? What does the state and local guidelines provide for you? So your member, your staff maybe has a great opportunity through unemployment. You know, right now there are a lot of opportunities for contractors, for full-timers, for part-timers. You need to look into that because if you overcommit, that might lead you in a long-term under-delivering. But if you keep it, you know, if you really frame it out for 30, 69 days and you ensure that you have stability, that's going to be great. So that was our initial pivot. That was our initial business continuity plan. But that doesn't last forever. We needed to discuss our pivot number two, our business continuity plan two. So the first one was a short-term solution. We said, hey, we got to get in front of this. We got to triage it. We got to get out to our members when we close what we're going to provide them. And so far, every day, we've been providing a bunch of stuff on our Facebook group. We've been doing nutrition webinars, mindset webinars, you name it. You need to be on that as well. But the challenge we're going to run into is that we're going to continue to get more holds. We're going to get a lot more holds, especially after your next billing cycle. So for us, our next billing cycle traditionally will hit April 1st, which I'm sure for a lot of you, it will as well. Well, on that date, we can the legalities of being able to charge if you're not open, that's a different conversation. You may need to pivot their membership to a completely separate portal for digital footprint instead of it being brick and mortar. That's something you need to look into your state guidelines or, or country guidelines. But let's just talk about the reality is if you can continue to charge them and members don't see value, you're going to continue to get a lot of holds or potentially get resentment from members who are paying and aren't receiving the value they thought they should. So what we're doing is this is our long-term approach. Our long-term approach is, you know, 60, 90, 120 days, right? That's our longer term approach. What can we do that will remain 
us as sustainable as possible through this challenging time. And we are going to send out an email tomorrow and a video that's really going to be well-crafted. And I hope, uh, or at least we're going to, we're going to try. That's, that's our goal. And it's going to have four options. Option number one, maintain your current NC Fit membership. Our average membership is about $200 a month, give or take. Um, and if you maintain your current NC Fit membership, we will recommit that back to you within 120 days of opening. So let's just say we give April to them and they, they still pay so that our business can maintain that revenue and cash flow, which is critical right now. We will then within 120 days of opening, basically credit them that money back. So we won't charge them for, let's just say the month of, I don't know, July. And what we could do is we could disperse that. So let's just say we have hundreds and hundreds of members that take us up on this and keep paying, which we would love. Well, then what we could do is over the next 120 days, we could take one cohort and give them, for example, June for free. We could take another group and give them July for free. This we could disperse out this this um, decrease in revenue for our business. Something you could think of. With that, if a member stays with us, we will also give them um, equipment rental, right? Which is consistent with what we had already offered. So, hey, if you maintain your NC Fit membership, we will return. We'll basically credit you that duration within 120 days of remain of when we reopen our doors. You will also be able to keep the equipment rental that we've provided you. You will also get access to all this beautiful digital content through Facebook and also our custom-made app, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, that's option A. And I hope that a lot of members take us up on this. We're releasing this tomorrow. Option B is you just decide that, hey, you know what? Uh, I can't maintain my membership right now. I want to go on a digital plan. Okay, great. We have a decreased membership um, digital plan which is going to be, you know, 30 to $50, much, much, you know, much, much uh, less expensive, but you only get our digital footprint. So if you rented equipment, you would need to provide that back to us, right? And you would get access though to Facebook. You'd get access to all of our live workouts. You'd also get access to our app for this discounted price. Now this is available to the public. This is available for anybody. Then option number C or three, is the virtual PT, and I'm really excited about this. So what my hope is, is that our members either A, stick with their membership, that'd be awesome, or they go digital and then they opt into virtual PT, or the best option would be if they keep their membership and they opt into virtual PT. So I think what's really important is recognize, especially at our organization, members are bought in to our staff. It's critical to know that they're bought into John, Emily, et cetera. And so what we wanna do is we wanna share with them, hey, you could support our team by doing virtual personal training. And I also think that one-on-one engagement is gonna be critical to get them back into the gym once we're done with this whole challenging time. So utilizing Zoom calls and Facebook Live with a big group, it's cool, but you really can't coach them. If you're one-on-one, you can really dive into them. You can give them customized programming, customized meal plans, customized movements based on what gear they have at home. And so people can opt in for virtual PT at let's just say $60 an hour, $80 an hour, $100 an hour. We're still working through all the details and with specific coaches. So now our coaches can start generating more revenue, run it through our business, run it through our insurance, which would be hard for them to do so quickly. We take only a very small percentage to cover essentially our, our just fixed costs with payroll, et cetera. Nothing, nothing over the top at all. And so members look at it like, hey, NC Fit is trying to do a service for their employees, which we are. And also it's a great way for our employees to generate revenue and for them to scream from the hilltops about this value that they're going to be providing. 
And I hope that our, our staff makes as much money as possible off this virtual PT and that we retain as many members as possible because they still feel connected to our community, which is really, really important. So that's option three. Option one, maintain your membership, get it returned back within 120 days. Option two, we reduce you down to a digital platform, which all of you could do. If you don't have a digital platform, um, you know, you can look in ours. Uh, option three, virtual PT. I think this is something that every single gym could do. Lay out the framework, basically what your PT model is, and just reframe it for virtual. No problem. And then option four is obviously members can go on hold, which is the, my least favorite option, of course. But we're going to put it out there. If member wants to be on hold, that's their decision. You know, we're, we're in this for the long game and we're looking forward to getting it back, to getting them back in the gym. And the last thing we want to do is building to resentment against the organization because we didn't hold on time or we tried to, you know, you know, we normally have like a 15 day cancellation policy. We're not going to, you know, hold them to that anymore. If someone wants to go on hold, we need to put them on hold. Something else we're going to add in there is, you know, the gift card model is that if someone wants to buy, you know, five class packs or 10 class packs for a family or friend member, we're going to obviously encourage that. So I've been talking now for 30 minutes. That's a long time, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of clarify a few things right now. We're in a very challenging situation as a fitness space, whether you're whatever fitness branch you're in. And I think it's important to remember that there will be an end to this. And when it comes, people are going to want to flock to your gym to be around people and get coached. Specifically, if you're in the jujitsu space, man, you haven't had any training partners in months. They're excited to get back in your gym. So we will have a second January. We will have this second approach where people want to come in, learn, grow, communicate, etc. But for now, we need to get ahead of it. And how do you do that? You clearly communicate with your members and your staff. You triage and understand not just the fluffy stuff, right? We want a service, but we need to know what are our risks? What are our liabilities? What are we on the hook for? And how do we sustain cash? How do we keep as much cash as possible in the bank right now to get us through these challenging times? Because we don't know how long it's going to go for. Then you create your initial pivot. You field every single hold request. You provide as much value as you can to your members based on what you have available to you, whatever that may be. Then you sit there after you get your initial plan out. You debate, you debate, you debate, you debate. You understand what is my longer term strategy, 60, 90 days, et cetera. And then you pivot to, you clearly communicate it and you make sure that everybody, including your staff, knows what your game plan is. I'm not saying you should go with our game plan. We have digital tools that other gyms don't have. But what I am saying is, I think you need to think about this as a longer term thing than, oh, we're going to open back up in two weeks. Please, please, please be aware that most of the information out there is, is looking like this is going to go longer. I'm not here to tell you exactly what to do. I'm just sharing with you what we're doing at NC Fit. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I haven't enjoyed providing this because I wish that we didn't have to do this. But at the end of the day, we're in the business of rising the tides. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do right now. We aren't talking to you from, you know, uh, you know, I think there's people out there that are providing guidance and direction who don't own and operate a gym. And that's tough. We are owners of gyms. We are operating gyms and we are struggling just like you guys are. And there's no perfect answer to this, but one thing's for sure. If we communicate well and we provide as much value as possible and we do the right thing for the right reason, we will survive this and we will get through it and we will be stronger for it. I hope you and your families are doing well. If you enjoyed this episode, please go on iTunes, rate us, review it, share it with people, share it with other owners, whatever space you're in. And... Um, Let's just keep rising the tides, guys. I'll be on the mic just trying to share what we're doing again next week. And um, let's keep getting after it. Here we go. Let's make it happen.